netcast you love. This is the VA Talk Show, where VAs talk the walk. Bandwidth is provided by VANetworking.com, your online community for VAs all over the world. Hello, I'm Tanya Sublin, your host of our second VA Talk Show, Netcast, to talk the walk with you today. It's April 25th. Did you know it was Administrative Professionals Day? Well, it is, and today recognizes and celebrates the work of secretaries, administrative assistants, and other office professionals for their growing and diverse contributions to the corporate workplace. A happy Administrative Professionals Day to all of you, although I'm glad it's your day and not mine. Because I didn't have to worry about the alarm going off at a specific time to get up this morning. I didn't have to frantically hunt through my closet to worry about what professional garb to put on. While at the same time, I'm trying to beat the clock and get the kids off to school and me out the door in a 45-minute swoosh. Finally, in my car, I face the snarly traffic on my drive to work to get there to find a huge list of to-do items on my desk that my unorganized boss never seems to have organized and likes to put on my desk that I do yesterday. I notice Abby walking in, swaying her new Louis Vuitton purse, which I'll never afford on this salary, and the phones start ringing. Oh, great! It's the school, and my son Connor is sick and needs a ride home, so I got to schedule with my boss to move my lunch hour earlier so I can make arrangements to drive home from school and pick up Connor and then find him a sitter for the rest of the day and it's only what 10 a.m. and I don't get off till 5. It's gonna be a long day here in the corporate land. Sorry I just had to do that. I'm just so glad those days are over and I'm now a virtual assistant. You know according to the U.S. Department of Labor there's still about 4.1 million secretaries and administrative assistants in the U.S. workforce. When are you guys going to get it that being a virtual assistant working virtually from your home office is so less stressful and for me, very fulfilling? And guess what? We have a virtual assistance day too, which is coming up in uh, May 18th. And you can stop by the online international virtual assistant convention website to find more about it. That's at www.oivac.com. Okay. Enough of me babbling about how much I love my job, but I do love it. And sometimes I just can't stop talking about it. Being a virtual assistant is the best thing I ever did. Okay, let's get to the show itinerary here. Our VA industry spotlight is on a unique way to run your VA business, which I think all the dreamers in the audience will love and enjoy. I know I did. Paula Williams is with us. She's an RVer and has a great story for us on how she manages her virtual assistant business on the road. Our special guest speaker today is Laura Hidden, who's going to strive to help me write it right throughout our interview. Rock Talk is back, and I think we're talking about the importance of backing up, but you never know with him. To finish up the show, Carrie joins me to help answer your next web whys. Why should you write more articles to market your VA business and some simple tips on how to do this. On the show today, we have Paula Williams of MoneyPennyAssistance.com. For the last seven years, Paula has been traveling, living full-time in an RV with her boyfriend, a contract helicopter pilot, and their 12-year-old three-legged dog, Zoe. Prior to running off into life's newest adventure, Paula was a coordinator of a visitor's bureau in California. As her first experience with the tourism industry, this helped encourage the travel bug to take hold. In 2005, she started searching the web for at-home opportunities to utilize her administrative, organizational, and customer service skills. Researching the VA industry, finding support on a message forum, and following the advice from books on the subject, such as Become a Highly Successful Sought-After VA, by Diana Enum and Kelly Polker, she registered her first business license and started her own VA business, Money Penny Assistance. I had the pleasure of meeting Paula at her most recent stop here in Surrey, and uh, I'd like to welcome you on the show. Hi, Tanya. Thanks for having me here today. It's nice to be here. So it was really cool to uh, pop over to the yeah. RV and... Uh, See your little setup there. Yeah, thanks for coming over. It was it was nice to show you how uh, how we do this on the road lifestyle. I have to say, when I went in there, I was actually quite envious of your little <laughs> section because she's got this perfect little desk set up, flat screen monitor. It, it's really cool right. and very clean. Yeah, yeah. It's... Compared to my messy office <laughs> here today. <laughs> well, that's definitely one of the bonuses of living like that. Now, when we bought this RV, it had two recliners and mm-hmm. obviously the first thing we did was remove one and bought that perfect little oak desk. Yeah. And with the way you move so frequently, everything has to be put away. Uh, mm-hmm. 
at all times, and everything pretty much is kept kept very neat and orderly. It's it's not the way I lived before this full time travel. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> so that I guess would be one of the biggest challenges and part of living full time on the road is you also have to be very organized. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, my the biggest challenge that I face on a daily basis is the planning and organization that is required, but also maintaining complete flexibility in my schedule. Right. Because uh, we have some idea of when we move on to the next place, but I mean, relocation happened within, I can get two hours notice mm-hmm. that we got to get on the go. So I don't have any luxury to procrastinate on anything. And of course, this is really good news for the clients. Yes. It keeps me <laughs> on my toes. Yeah, no, that's got to be one of the biggest challenges. You don't know where you are tomorrow. Well, right. within a 48-hour period, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes yeah. we're on 24-hour mm-hmm. periods. So, you know, I, I get up fairly early. I get the work done and then and see into the rest of my week and get as much done as I can right away. So, And, and that's got to be exciting, too, because you never know when you step out your door the next day what your scene's going to be outside, which right. is really cool. Right. It's something that I don't ever tire of, that mm-hmm. um, I have my home base, my kitchen, and my bed, and my clothes, but I can pull that shade up, and I can be looking at a lake, mm-hmm. or two days later, be down by a river or a mountain. I mean, it's... Yeah, your office view every day <laughs> has got to be totally cool. Yeah, looking I at enjoy that window. It. Are there any other VAs living full-time like you? Do you know any of... You know, I am surprised that there are not more of us, or I would be surprised if there mm-hmm. weren't anyway. Um, all I do know is that uh, the late Thomas Leonard... Right. Um, whom the uh, International Virtual Assistant Award of Distinction is named after. Mm-hmm. He lived in an RV, um, but as a coach, and he used a virtual assistant. Right. So, you know, if there are more uh, yeah. full-time RV Call VAs. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of which, after the show, uh, we will have a section at the forum where you can ask Paula more questions. Great. And I would if love you that. are a virtual assistant that is mobile like Paula, do Keep in touch. Yeah, yeah. Ste- step into the forum and say yeah. hi because because there certainly are a are. lot of different sets of challenges in running a business and full timing versus some of the challenges from running a business from your home. Speaking of challenges, what do you think might be the biggest mistake you've made in your business? The biggest mistake. I often feel that my biggest mistake is in telling potential clients that I live full-time in an RV. Right. Um, People are coming around more and more to accepting the idea of working with individuals who work from their home. It's becoming widely accepted. I take it one step further, and I live like a nomad. <laughs> so, you know, when when I come forward with this information, I, I get the feeling sometimes that it makes me sound like I'm flighty. Right, gotcha. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, Tanya, what, what's your opinion on that for full disclosure of your working environment versus potentially losing a client? I, I think if they don't ask, don't tell them. I, I'm always... I think that's probably the best route. If they do ask, then yeah, you you gotta yeah you gotta ethically. I think you have to tell them what you do or, or how you live. But it's the same as I don't tell clients that I have kids. Right, you're so right. It, it, it's I'm coming around to that. I, <laughs> it's no longer um, information that I hand out freely. You yeah. know, so. but I can see that being a really big challenge because. Again, it's like, do I want a flighty VA or a... Right. And in my mind, I oftentimes think that it's it's a unique situation. You know, once I get past this uh, sense of, you know, the flightiness, um, <laughs> that it's, it's very unique. And, and again, I'm surprised more people aren't doing it. I do know that people are living full-time in their RVs that yeah. are photographers, writers, that's mm-hmm. a natural, uh, computer... Uh, techs, consultants, that sort of a thing. So, uh, you're truly a virtual VA. It's true, <laughs> and, and, and like that—that's why I'm really glad to have you on the show. Because if anyone's virtual, you definitely are. You're right. You're virtually all over the place. When I first found the the industry in my research, mm-hmm. I thought that's what it really meant. I mean, I I was under the impression that it yeah. was about people that were just on the move and, you know, Virtually taking moving. care of their business. Yep. So, and well, that's to an extent it is. 
now that's a big challenge but you've got to have really cool successes too being mobile like this oh i absolutely feel successful um it's it's been great in discovering that I can contribute financially to right, our lifestyle. Right. I can challenge myself intellectually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm always continuing to sharpen my skills, and that was a big thing. Yeah, you know, because yeah. the travel is cool, but as far as utilizing your skills, that that became a necessity. Um, I balance all of those things with a relationship that mm-hmm. would otherwise be a long distance relationship, or no relationship, or no relationship <laughs> as it would be. Um, and of course, I enjoy constant. Adventures and travel, and um, you know, I have a business that has much growth potential. So, yeah, I absolutely consider all of that a success. It's very exciting. When I went to Paula's again, the first thing I thought was, I want to do this. Okay. <laughs> right. Because it's just, I love to travel too. And, and travel is one of my big things that I want to do eventually. Exactly. And I thought, wow, if I could just. If I didn't have any kids, I hope my kids right. are listening right now. <laughs> we love you guys. <laughs> hope they aren't listening. <laughs> I do love you. But if I had no kids, I mean, mm-hmm. this is the way I do it. Absolutely. It's so very cool. Yeah, and it is. I get a lot of that when people come by. You know, I I call our RV a trailer. I have friends of mine that come mm-hmm. by, and they just, this upsets them. But they call <laughs> us a trailer. You know, I kind of just leave it up to everybody's imagination. But I hear a lot of when they walk in that door, <gasps> I want to do this. Yeah. You know, and that's great. It's exciting. It's just a free feeling. Well, it is because you have to consider that um, the the items that I own Mm -hmm. are a fraction of what the average person is probably hanging on to. And it has to be that way. You Mm -hmm. know, my business stuff takes a main priority in the one section of the RV, right. but um, it's liberating to get rid of <laughs> all that furniture and all that uh, accumulation. One thing I didn't find when I was there, and I have to go back for uh-huh. a quick visit, I said to Arn when I got back, I don't know where the washroom is. Oh, <laughs> you know? yeah. Right. It was such a secret, and it's just like everything's a little secret compartment. It is. It's very cool. They've really put a lot of thought into those things, and it yeah, works. It's actually a really high-end RV. We're not talking trailer here. We've got, what are they called, slide <laughs> out slide in yeah, like slide out because the first right, thing Arn right. said was how many slide outs it was the first question he asked yeah. me yeah and when I, held up, slide out? That's when I, I held up the um four fingers he wasn't yeah. expecting that but it's really cool and really big i bet you when you come to the parks that you're going to stay at you have to decide okay do they got internet access or like how do you get internet access right right <laughs> you know um when i found out about starting my own virtual assistant business, we were actually in a, uh, a home environment, which is actually unique for us. So mm-hmm. 18 months in an environment where I had high-speed cable. and yeah. So it was perfect. I got to do a lot of research on, okay, we're going to go on the road, and does this work? Yes. <laughs> and sure enough, um, I came across some incredible resources for uh, mobile internet. The thing that I settled on, of course, are satellite. So a lot of RVers are, are using satellite. We didn't quite go that big. Um, but I really settled, settled on the um, air card. Mm-hmm. It's a simple little air card. Now, um, and that works great. So mm-hmm. I have an external antenna booster for my air card. So right. I have a pretty beefy signal. Yeah. Now we do stay in RV parks that offer Wi-Fi as an always a backup. You know, yeah. you always want to have something uh, going on, but people clamor to be around us. It's encrypted, so they can't get onto right. it. But people have said to the RV park, oh, I want that space, because yeah. that one's got a really heavy signal. Now, an air card, of course, doesn't fit into a desktop. There is no okay. port for an air card into a desktop. So my favorite techie tool that I discovered is a Kyocera router. And the router goes into my desktop, and the air card goes into the router. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, and I'm, I'm on fire with that. I, I know that uh, you're in Canada now. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you, about 100 feet across the border? If that. And <laughs> here's a funny thing. When we got there, we were talking about this internet connection, and you were really hoping that, and hopefully Verizon or whoever it is. Verizon, you, yeah. Verizon. Hopefully they aren't listening right now. I was thinking the same <laughs> thing, I thought. Hmm. But I think you were trying to, we're, you are hoping that 
it was picking up on the, the U.S. side so right, that you weren't right. charged Canadian dollar. Right. Because my cell phone 100% is picking mm-hmm. up on a Blaine Washington And it should work tower. because... Absolutely, and yeah. it does, yeah. But uh, so. we're like 100 steps from the border. That's yeah. where the park was. Yeah, I so. go into the U.S. every day. I take the dog over to the park in the U.S. Yeah. And then I come back to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> we have pictures of this little uh, border crossing on our personal blog. You know, it's, it says now leaving the U.S. And Keith is stepping back across. <laughs> you know, it's fun. We, we have some good travels. Finding clients. That's got to be fun. As yeah. with everyone, it, it's the same right. issue, I mean, right? That's, um, that's where it all lies. My client base so far is friends of mine in professions that, you know, they get how mm-hmm. I work. I mean, they've known me anyway, so I don't have to really um, prove to them that I am skilled right. and they understand that I've worked out this travel thing. So friends and then word of mouth, of course, always works for me. And I do a lot of um, online social networking mm-hmm. with different RV sites. or yeah. I try to work with um, people who also full-time travel because okay, I think there's a, a, a likeness in the mindset uh, and they don't have to actually full-time travel in RVs but I just think business people in general that travel mm-hmm. get what it takes to be on the road and, and you'd probably meet a lot of people in the different areas where you are because they're all traveling probably as well right? mostly yeah yeah mm-hmm. I mean you have to stay out of the retirement type communities because I don't care what you do for business you know they're, yeah. they're not interested but in some of the other um, areas I meet a lot of folks that way. So that would be like a niche market for you, targeting the travel Targeting travel, owners? yeah. yeah I, I have a lot of work to do on narrowing down the tasks that I mm-hmm. provide for the travel market. I'm, I'm very broad here still and um, I do look forward to narrowing that down quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But travel is where it's at for yeah. me. So This is really exciting. I, I want everybody to come back and go to the forum and ask Paula questions. Yeah, and I would love to. I want those people that are out there doing the same thing as you to raise their hand me and, too. and say the same yeah, thing so we I'm get here. to know you. Because yeah. Yeah. then we can start comparing our, our rigs. I did a quote-unquote <laughs> there. <laughs> the rig talk. Yeah, the rig talk. <laughs> do you think you'll always be a virtual assistant or do you have any other plans to do things? You know, I'm so heavily involved in travel and that isn't going to change at all. So I am looking into an online travel business and if it's something that complements many penny assistants as opposed to take away the focus from it, I could see a slight transition, Mm -hmm. but I absolutely love what I do. Mm -hmm. So, and as long as that stays that way, this won't change. Yeah. So exciting. Uh, it's been really, really great having you on the show. Tanya, it's been, yeah, it's been too <laughs> and fun. And getting to, to meet you, right, too. I right. mean, this is the third time we've, we had, yeah. di- we had drinks Thursday dinner. Arnie Friday. cooked us oh, a really Arnie, cool dinner. Yeah. I think <laughs> I he's got, got lunch, lunch downstairs <laughs> waiting for us. Yeah. Oh. yeah so <laughs> Right, so we got to wrap this up. Yeah, we got to wrap this up. <laughs> Tanya, thank you so much. Yes. Good luck with the VA talk show, and yeah. let's all keep supporting everything that Tanya does with Vanna. It's, oh, It's amazing work that you do. Okay, so this is the end for today, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye. Are you looking to get out of your 9-to-5 job? Would you like to start your own profitable clerical business? Maybe you are new to the virtual assistant business and looking for templates and resources to get you over the hump of starting your own home-based business. I suggest you take a good look at the virtual business startup system created by Tanya Sutherland, a VA herself since 1997. This system will help any virtual assistant get over the mountains that are involved in setting up a new virtual business. Her 30-day program has been proven time and time again in countries all over the world to be simple, easy, and effective, even for someone who has never owned, managed, or operated their own business. In just 30 days, you'll be well on your way to creating your own financial security without depending on anyone else. Invest in the virtual business startup system found at www.vanetworking.com. You won't be disappointed. Our guest today is co-author of two books, Entrepreneurial Freedom, How to Start and Grow a Profitable Virtual Assistant Practice, and the one I'm interested in, Write It Right, The Ground Rules for Self-Editing Like the Pros. 
founder and owner of www.hiddenhelper.com, I'd like to introduce to all of you Lauren Hidden. Welcome, Lauren, and glad you have come to share your writing knowledge with us today. Thank you, Tanya. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm really happy you're here because this is a real weak point I've always felt in my life. Can't wait to hear what you have to say and tell us today. Well, great. (laughs) Um, How'd you ever come up with the great business name, The Hidden Helpers? It's like genius marketing, Lauren. Oh, well, thank you. Um, (laughs) You know, I I had a very common last name growing up of Davis. And when I got married, I had the got the strange last name of Hidden. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people didn't weren't used to hearing it. They'd always ask me how to spell it because they're not used to it as a last name. And then finally, when, you know, I started my business, my husband and I were talking and he came up with the idea for the hidden helper. And I thought that was just a great, finally, a great use for my new last name. Yeah. Now this was your last name or his last name? No, this was his last name. So when I got married to him, I inherited his last name. So. Well, at least you, I haven't um, actually married Arnold yet because his last name is Clap. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not quite sure. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Poor mom and dad clap if they're listening right now. I'm just teasing. But I, I guess Arnold was teased quite a bit when he was younger for right, that name right. because it would be a good one for kids to tease another about. So, but uh, that's not the reason. We just haven't. Uh, Let's not go there. Okay, let's move on. (laughs) Anyways, Lauren, speaking about writing, don't most people know how to write? Well, um, most people know how to write, but not write well enough. Let's put it that way. And there's always room for improvement. In fact, according to the 2004 survey by the College Board National Commission on Writing, one-third of today's workers do not have appropriate writing skills. Wow, that's huge. That is, yeah. So, And even if you're not a professional writer, you still need good writing and editing skills because you might have to send emails, uh, mm-hmm. write up a work agreement, you know, write your website copy, develop your marketing materials. And just as the way that you dress makes a statement about you, so does your writing ability. And just too many writing errors don't make a good impression on your clients and prospects. So it's important to really put your best foot forward and you know, write well. Yeah, your first impression of your email shouldn't be like an MSN message, you know, how the kids type those nowadays. (laughs) Right, with all the numbers and in the words and the acronyms and right. Yeah, you you need to, you know, write like an adult. (laughs) (laughs) So what, what would you find is the biggest mistake people make then when writing? Well... There's a lot of mistakes, but I'd say one of the biggest ones is that after someone writes something, they just immediately turn it turn it in and mm-hmm. you know they, or they send it off to a client and they don't realize that they're really only half done that the first part of writing is actually doing the writing and the second part is editing your writing. And while it's not practical to hire an editor to improve everything you write, although I do have um, a client that does that. <laughs> um, For most people, it's not practical. So that's where the self-editing process comes in, to learn how to make your writing the best it can possibly be before it goes out there in the world. Yeah, and and that's so important, so very important. Self-editing, how how do you even do this? I mean, that's where I I, I read it over, and if it sounds good, it goes. That's my self-edit. I'm sure there's a lot bigger process to (laughs) self-editing than that. (laughs) There's a little more of a process to it. Um, My co-author Don Josephson and I created a simple five-step processing for self process for self-editing. And while it's easy, it does take some time to get used to it and to kind of perfect your process. But after you get better at it, you'll be able to incorporate some of that self-editing process into the writing phase, and then you'll actually end up spending less time editing your work, which most people enjoy. (laughs) Yes, that's a really good idea. Well, thanks. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it really works for a lot of people. And so many people are like, well, I don't really know, you know, what's wrong with my writing. So how am I going to make it better? And that's where this process comes in to help people identify what their writing problems are and fix them. Okay, so identifying them, how do you discover what your own writing challenges really are? Well, you need to evaluate the problems that appear in your writing. So one thing you can do is take a writing sample, preferably something within the last year. So it's, you know, it reflects your current writing skills and you want to read it over. 
Mm-hmm. You, there's a couple things you want to look at when you're reading it over. You want to see if your ideas are organized. That's a big, big problem. If your ideas aren't organized, your writing's not going to work. It's not going to make sense. Okay. So you want to read each paragraph in your writing as a standalone unit and then jot notes beside the paragraph. So, um, you know, for example, if you're if your paragraph is about um, the dog going to the vet, then um, there's several words, but you just jot next to it, you know, dog going to the vet. Then you go right, to the next okay. paragraph, and if you're talking about, you know, the dog being scared walking into the vet's office, so you're going to jot that down. When you're done with all your paragraphs, you can read down your column of notes for each paragraph and make sure that, you know, the crux of the story flows. Oh, I got it. Okay. These are things we actually learned in school many years ago. But <laughs> it's been a long time for, to, for right? many of us and a lot of times you don't realize that you're actually gonna, you know, need to use some of the stuff they teach you in school. So it's good for all of us to have a little refresher course on this. Mm-hmm. And another thing you want to look for is your topic sentence. You know, the first okay. sentence of your paragraph. All the other sentences in that paragraph should relate to your topic sentence. So make that keeps you on track to make sure you're not going off into a tangent, which a lot of people do. Something else you want to do is scan your writing for repetition. This is another common problem. Um, and if you're using a, a, if a word jumps out at you too much, you're you want to know that and you want to change it. You want to reword stuff. You don't want it to sound too repetitive. Mm-hmm. And some people use tend to use certain words quite frequently. So when I used to do this, I can't remember what the word is now, but there was one word that I would always use. After I was done writing, I would go up into Word, into the find feature, type in the word, and see how many times it came up in the text. And if it came up a lot, then I knew I I needed to change it. So that's another little trick you can do, too. That's a good idea, because I find I use the word good Good. It's a simple word, but I use it all the time oh. in everything. So I never even thought about you know using the find feature and, and going through because good could I could change that word. Sure, it's that, so easy to change that one, right? It is, and if you have a word that you know might not be as easy to change as good, one of my favorite sites to go to is dictionary.com and click on the thesaurus and um, you know plug a, war, a word in and look for some alternatives. And you need to be careful with your word choice, but it's usually enough to click your brain going so you can come up with a different word that's not going to be so repetitive. Just a second here about dictionary.com. They've changed it now and it's so usable. You're like in the gold area, you know you're in the dictionary. If you go to the blue area, you're in the thesaurus. Right. Like it's so nice now and very usable. And I really recommend and bookmarkingdictionary.com because it is a good resource for you in your business. Anyways, I just wanted to no, say that's that, a good website. That's true. It is a good website. And in fact, you know, I have a big dictionary on my bookshelf here, but usually since I'm right at the computer, I'll just go to dictionary.com instead. And, you know, it, it does come in really handy. So Yeah, and, and they make it so lazy. You just have to type the word in once and you can look up the meaning. You can look up the thoris. There's a whole bunch of different other things you can look up too. Yeah, and a, you don't have to type it in only once. That's right. <laughs> One-stop shop. So that's good. Yeah. So then, Tanya, another thing you want to do is check your sentence structure. Um, I don't know how many of I'm showing my age here, but when I was growing up in school, we had um, Sally, Dick, and Jane books. See Dick Run, Mm -hmm. see Sally, Chase Spot, that kind of thing. Very, you know, very repetitive sentence structures. And some people do that with their writing, too. Maybe not quite that as severe, but you want to evaluate your writing. Does it flow well? Does it have a good rhythm? I mean, part of writing isn't just the technical aspect. It's the creativity aspect, too. So you want to look and, you know, see if your writing has a good rhythm. And if you have some specific challenges with grammar or usage or punctuation, anything like that, you want to consult a good grammar guide. Okay. And that's not really some... We do have some common, you know, grammar issues in Write It Right, but it's that's not the point of the book. So you might need to get a separate book. I know that sometimes I... Um, Mess, I would mess up for a while quotes, like do quotes go inside or outside the punctuation, or if you have any mm-hmm. specific issue that seems to, to you, that you seem to struggle with, then it's good to you know identify that and go and you know get something to help you. And, and maybe maybe after the show you can put on the show notes a couple of books from Amazon sure. that might be worthwhile to buy for Grammar Guide. Sure, yeah, that'd be great. That would be cool. I'll look on my yeah. own bookshelf too and write some titles down for people mm-hmm. that would be really good and also in the book there's some if if you're still having trouble identifying what your writing challenges are there are some um the book 
is a book, but then it also has like a kind of a workbook that goes along in it. I'm not saying that right. right oh, but, that's cool. You know, there's yeah. exercises where you can write stuff down and circle stuff. And, you know, so you're going to be writing in the book. And there are some exercises that will help you um, determine what your challenges are, too. So we've got homework to do. Yes, you have homework, <laughs> but it's good. It, it'll reinforce it. It'll help you, yes. help you lick it. What are some of the common writing challenges people have then? Well, the ones that we see a lot are um, punctuation errors, you know, using mm-hmm. commas, semicolons, um, M dashes, ellipses, you know, using all, all those punctuation marks correctly. Another one is homonyms. We see this a lot, people mixing up there, there, and there, uh, you know, oh, all okay. the different spellings. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That's a very common one. And I think a lot of it is people depending on what type of learner you are, some people sort of hear the words in their head and then write them down. And if you're hearing there, you're not hearing different spellings of it. So you're just writing the first one that comes to mind. So that, Mm -hmm. you know, that is a common one. Another one is wordiness, just using too many words and make, you know, going on longer than you need to, to get, that's me, (laughs) to get the point across (laughs) when you could do it and say three words instead of 10. Um, you you know, no one wins awards for word count in a document. So, so, you know, you want to make sure you keep it tight and concise and, you know, get your point across. Another big one is passive sentence construction. I used to be a big offender on this one. Um, You know, there is a way you can improve your writing instead of you can improve your writing with several ways, you know, et cetera. Um, Passive sentence construction just makes your writing seem kind of slow. You want to use active verbs whenever you can, and you really want to avoid using there is, it is, etc., I guess it also brings the reader right into the story, too. Sure. Because you're being more... Yeah, you're being more active and you're, you're painting you know, a better picture. And it's always mm-hmm. better to, to show than tell, too. That's another one. So once you know what your writing challenges are, uh, I know mine's wordiness. How do I get ready to edit and fix this problem I have? Well, the first thing you're going to want to do is build a personalized editing checklist. So after you've gone through and you've, you know, identified your writing challenges, you want to write them down and you're going to make a list and you're going to rank it in from, you know, the biggest problem you have down to the smallest one. So, um, you know, if you have a hundred point scale, if, you know, you, if you, your wordiness is your problem 70% of the time, that's going to be at the top of your list. Um, if repetition is, you know, 20% of your problem and then go down until you, you know, you hit your hundred percent. And there's a, an example of this in the book. Um, but you can even just do it on paper and you want to keep that list handy when you're editing. But before you even start your editing, you need to schedule time for the editing phase. And for those of us um, who like to procrastinate, (laughs) this is going to take some getting used to. (laughs) Because what you're going to want to do is, if it takes you, say, four hours to write something, you're going to, and obviously this doesn't apply to an email, but if it's a bigger project, then you're going Mm -hmm. to want to schedule two hours to edit. And that shocks some people, and they think, oh, I don't have time to do that, but you need to. (laughs) So you need to schedule that in. Okay, so you basically have to move away from it for a few minutes, or longer, depending on the size of the piece. Right, and the best thing you can do is not edit the same day you wrote it. Um, You know, I I have multiple projects going on at one time, because I don't like to go... do a project from start to finish on the same day. It's just too hard because it's really helpful if you can give your brain a rest and then look at it with fresh eyes that can just make a world of difference. Mm -hmm. So what you want to do too is you want to detach from your piece emotionally and physically. So one thing that's hard is when people write, especially if they spend a long time working on something, they're attached to it. It's, and editing is like cutting off you know, part of their body, and they don't like doing that. So you need to get into the mindset of a reader rather than a writer. And you can do this um, emotionally, just kind of try to detach yourself, or uh, another way to do it is to change your physical location. For example, if I'm working on my laptop and I have to go read something I wrote, I'll take my laptop and take it into the bedroom and lay down on the bed and read it. And it, it sounds silly, but it really does make a big difference. It just attaches you. Yeah, it does. That, no, that makes total sense. And I suppose if you're doing an email, just 
you know, before you click send, get up, go to the washroom, you know, exactly. have a cup of tea or something, and then come back and, and reread it and send it. Exactly. Or even just do, yeah, I mean, just do a, another task for, you know, a few minutes. Just something to get your brain, you know, to, to break away and then go back and look at it with fresh eyes and, you know, a little detachment, mm-hmm. and it, it'll really work. Another thing that you can do is edit on a hard copy, uh, which is easier on the eyes, and, you know, it's portable, so you can print out your email and take it with you. Now, this is obviously something that's going to be very important. You're probably not going to do this with every every email or everything you write. No, no. But, you know, if it's something important, print it out and take it and go look at it, and that's another physical change that you're making that can help your brain you know, switch gears and, and read it and notice more more problems with it. All my large proposals, they're usually, you know, 12 to 15 pages. Mm-hmm. They're printed out and they hang around on the kitchen table for quite a while. I actually go back and forth with them editing them, but uh, it's much easier to read them printed out, that's oh, yeah. for sure. Okay, now... I go back and forth. Do you edit all in one swoop? Is that better? No, it's it's really not. Um, and realize that you're not looking for perfection, just excellence. And did you know that the average written document, either by an amateur or a professional, has an average of three errors for every 10,000 keystrokes? Now, that's not for every 10,000 words. That's for every mm-hmm. 10,000 keystrokes. So it's... It, it's unrealistic to expect that you're go- you could catch every single solitary error on everything you do. But the point mm-hmm. is, you want to catch as many as you possibly can. But don't beat yourself up if you miss some, you know, one little thing. Right. So you're going to want to make this a multi-step process. But before you sit down to edit, you want to clear yourself from distractions. So you want to forward your phone into voicemail. You want to disable your email pop-up and the little dings and your Skype and your Amazon Messenger and all that so you don't, <laughs> people don't interrupt you while you're trying to concentrate. You want to turn off the radio. And make sure that you're doing this in your peak performance hours. I don't know if you're like this, Tanya, but um, I'm a morning person rather than a night person. So, yes. so if I have something that I want to edit um, or write even, I try to hit that early in the day when my brain is sharper and fresher and do sort of more routine tasks in the afternoon when I'm not quite as, you know, as on my game. So, and it's different for everyone. Some people like to write and edit late at night or, you know, it doesn't matter, but just know when your best time is and use that time for your editing. So the first time you go to read to um to edit your your work you're going to just read through without like put your pens down take your hands off the keyboard just read it to read it to enjoy it i mean you've spent all this time on it you might as well read it through and you know just enjoy it the second thing time you want to read through you're going to read it aloud now that's a really good practice to do because sometimes when things look good on the screen. If you read them aloud, you realize they're just not flowing or they're awkward or something doesn't make sense. And it's funny how just doing that can really change the way your brain takes in the information. And you'll, you know, you'll know that if something doesn't sound right. Mm-hmm. I just learned to do that probably this week. Really? Yeah. And it was probably because of the VA talk show. You know, someone had sent a bio and I try not to read them right from what they wrote. And it was just really hard to say. Right. And I couldn't say I had to sit there and rewrite it because there was no way I could say that. It just didn't flow nice and smooth. Right. Well, it's important in your writing and it's it's not something you realize like you until you're actually reading it aloud. So then for each of your additional read-throughs, you're going to want to read through once for each of your editing challenges. So Tanya, if you had three challenges on your list, you're going to do three different read-throughs with your editing checklist there, just looking for that specific problem. So if wordiness was the one that you wanted to address, when you read through this time, you're going to look for, am I being too wordy? Mm -hmm. Then you're going to go to the next one. If you said repetition, the next time you read through, you're going to do look for that and so on until you get down your list. Okay. Then you're going to read from the back to the front, and this will change change up your brain pattern um, because people can memorize entire paragraphs of text, and especially if you're really working on something, um, you know, it's in your brain. So if you can read, you can isolate paragraphs and start at the last paragraph and go up to the first, or you can even even mix up sentences. Um, 
and just you just want to change it up and so you can look at each individual piece more easily. Okay, and, and that will f- help find more of the challenges that I have, right? Right, it will. Okay, so I guess... Is that it? Is that all we got to do now? Well, <laughs> hopefully you, you, you know, have gone through and you've, you know, made these edits from each time you've gone through and, you know, you're relatively happy with it right now. Okay. So then you want to find a partner. The caution I'd give here is to choose wisely. <laughs> you don't necessarily want someone who's going to say, oh, yeah, it's great and, you know, not give you any constructive feedback you also don't want you know the high school english teacher to do it and um, you know take a red pen all over it when it doesn't necessarily need to be written like a high school english teacher you know would edit something so um, a good choice is a supportive friend a colleague or a family member um, who will be honest with you and help you and ask this person to read it aloud to you and just listen Okay. Again, now you're hearing someone else reading it, and it's going to be even easier to hear when something doesn't sound right. You're going to have to pay very close attention to the words you know, that they're saying and not kind of think ahead of what they're going to say, which is, can be a challenge. And, and if they stumble, you know something's wrong in that area, right? Usually, yep, unless Usually. they just happen, happen to stumble. Just, <laughs> <laughs> but um, then... What you're going to do after they read through it aloud, you're going to ask them to read it again, but this time have a pen and paper in your hand and jot down notes of the problems that you hear. Just very quick notes because you want to be able to, like, um, you know, this this part about the vet's office sounds awkward. Um, just real quick notes so you can get back to listening to their read through again. Then what you're going to want to do is go back and, you know, make the changes from when you were listening um, and then ask your partner to proofread the revised copy now not correct it just make sure that if they see something that sounds wrong or if they have a question or something that doesn't make sense they should just be like circling it because the last thing you want to do is have someone incorrectly correct your writing if that makes sense and that does happen sometimes some people think that they know what they know is right, and they might have more editing challenge than you, challenges than you do. So you just want to see what seemed wrong to them, and then you can isolate it and really decide if what they saw was wrong or not. Lauren, what is the final step now? Well, the final step is to print out your document and grab a red or some other bright color pen and read through it. Make any corrections you still see, and then go back or you're going to make your corrections on paper that you see, and then go back to your computer and make the changes and continue to print out your document on clean paper until you can go through it and make no more corrections. Okay. And then you're done. Whew. You know, it's it's not that hard when you put it into steps like that. It, it's very simple. And I think my next, I, I'm actually doing another ebook, so I'm going to put your uh, ideas into practice oh, for good. this one. Good. Yes. And I hear that through the grapevine, you've got a five-star review on Amazon. Way to go there, Yes, Lauren. thank you. Thank you. We're very excited about that. A lot of people have found it useful, apparently. Yeah, and, and if you want to find out more about Lauren's book, Write It Right, we will have all the information on the vatalkshow.com. You can order it through amazon.com. We'll send a link at vatalkshow.com to get you directly to Lauren's book. We'll also be able to uh, email Lauren. And maybe she'll send you an autograph copy. Sure, I'd be Lauren. happy to do that. Yeah, if anyone if anyone wants that, I'd be happy to autograph copy. Uh, I, I'm sure I do. I, I love getting autograph copies because it makes me feel like so special, Lauren. <laughs> so I'll be wanting to get my autograph copy. Uh, I'll put up her email and her bio and any links and stuff we've talked about at the vatalkshow.com note. So stop by there on your way home if uh, you're in the car listening to this or wherever you are. And uh, I think that's a wrap. Lauren, I really appreciate you coming on the show with us. Oh, thank you. And hope to have you back and possibly talk about your other book. That would be great. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, and, and thanks again. Thank you. I'm back for our Rock Talk segment at the VA Talk Show with our very own Vanatechi expert, Brent Riley, otherwise known around town as Rock and Red. 
Is anybody out there? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You sure there's only water in that drink? Yeah. <laughs> I, unfortunately, yes. So what do you got to talk to us about today, Brent? Well, I, um, we're probably going to talk about backing up, the advantages of backing up and why you need to back up. Is this because I wasn't properly backed up a month or so ago? <laughs> On your server? Yes. I don't know. Is it? I'm just wondering if you're pointing a finger. No, no finger pointing because actually I did. Well, actually I was backed up, but I destroyed my hard drive. But thank God I was backed up. But no, I'm not pointing fingers at you. But did we learn a lesson? Yes. Okay, there you go. That's the most important part. I think that's why everyone starts backing up is because they learn a lesson. (laughs) (laughs) I learned mine in 1997. I lost everything. That was fun. Lost all my pictures, music, documents, legal stuff, everything. Uh, Backing up. You you should back up, you know, at least once a week. Um, So if you ever lose anything, you're only a week behind. Um, So you can even back up daily. I I mean, I would recommend backing up daily. I back up daily. Do you? Yes, I do back up daily. Really? Mm -hmm. What do you use? Uh, My Maxter One Touch. Maxter One Touch. The external hard drive Maxter One Touch. There you go. I'm not sure how big it is. I, I think it's like 300 something. Is it really? Maybe? 300 gigs? Very nice. I want to get that big one. The one. Oh, the terabyte. Terabyte, yes. The terabyte. That's a thousand gigabytes. Yep, I know, and I'm saving up for one. It's <laughs> <laughs> about $500, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In, in Canadian dollars, so. Oh, that's right, Canadian. But uh, that is what I'm saving up for. But I do it every night before I sign off or, you know, when I, before I sh- Shut down. leave the room. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very and, good. Uh, that's back all up. I have to say. I yeah. back up. I'm a back upper. Yeah. And I do the same thing. I, I have an external hard drive that I back up to. They're great because, number one, they're, they're separate from the computer. So if anything happens to the computer, your hard drive is safe. So if you get a virus that runs rampant through your computer... You have a hard drive that has all your data backed up onto it. Not only that, it's it, they're usually uh, very large. You can put all your documents, photos, videos, all your games, all your game saves, whatever you want on an external hard drive. And they're fairly quick, and they're easy to use. And then you can take them with you also if you believe that you should take them off-site. In theory, or if there's a fire, you can go in and just grab it and run. That's right. It's like... Uh, you know, when we were younger, it was like, uh, what's the first thing you grab when uh, there's a fire? Fo- what did you, what? Photo album. What is it? Photo oh, album. photo albums, yes. Everything else can be replaced. You can buy mm-hmm. new furniture, but photo albums are irreplaceable. Now it's uh, hard drives. <laughs> yeah, grab your hard drive. I grab my hard drive. That's a, yeah, I don't care if my whole, everything in my room burns down, I'm, I'm grabbing my computer. What do you have for storage? I mean, you probably have all this bloody storage all over the place, do you? I do. I have... Uh, Four computers hooked up on a network, and I have an external hard drive, a 120-gig hard drive, and then a laptop. And the laptop I use for synchronization. So if I'm working on files on either my laptop or my home computer, it'll always look at both files to see which one is the newest one, and I'll always overwrite that one. That way, wherever I am on either computer, I'm always working on the most recent file. And syn- Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. So that's really cool. Why don't I have synchronizing on my laptop and my computer? Why don't you? So that way you don't have to go uh, slip in a floppy, uh, uh, take that Word document, put it on, go over to the laptop, stick it in, and then copy and paste it. And that's exactly what I'm doing. And I have been doing for years. Crazy. That's crazy. With, with You're the supposed software. to tell me these things. No, you well with synchronization software, you just hit one button, and it looks at your laptop, and it says, "Hey, there's an older file, and here's a newer one," and it just takes it and throws it on onto your laptop, and overwrites. So, it. is it software? It's software that you put on your computer. Yeah. Okay, and you have to be on a network, and it's called SyncBack SE. It works flawlessly. It backs up. Your data, you could synchronize as many computers as you want. Um, you can even encrypt it if you wish, in case you have well, that's cool. data that you don't want anyone to look at. You can compress it. On, on the SE version, you can actually upload it to a server. 
So you can actually, if you have your own server, then you can mm-hmm. have your own online storage. Oh, that's cool. It is. And it's all within this little uh, software program. Now, the free one is a little bit limited, but it's still a great program. You can still do backups and synchronization over a network with a touch of a button. Well, since my network's not working right now, I don't think that's a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I just had to throw that one in. Yeah. Yeah, Next time you get a minute. (laughs) I know, you know, we were supposed to do that last week, but I never got around to it either, yeah. So what are those little things, uh, um, those little drives that they... Oh, the little thumb drives? Yeah, Yeah. Dad had one when he came to visit, and he stuck it in my computer, and we got to have a little family slideshow. Those are pretty cool. But that's neat. They are. Um, I have one, too. Actually, I have two of them. I have a gig and a 256. But you can, they're like the the new floppy drives. You just uh, drag and drop everything on them, and they're rewritable. So you could, at a gig, you could take tons of stuff with you. What other options do we got for storage? Is there online storage or something? There's tons of online storage places. Uh, LogMeIn has one. Um, There's this one called DriveX. You get five gigs for free, and uh, you just sign up, and then you just upload your files through FTP. If you have a Gmail account, you get two gigs. You can actually get in a little extension that sits on your desktop, and you just drag files into, you just drag them onto the desktop, and it puts them on your server, on your Gmail server. So That's kind of cool. Yeah, so if you're ever out and about, you just log into your Gmail account, and there's those files, and you just download them wherever you are, or view them, if they're like pictures or documents. I actually upload a lot of stuff to my server mm-hmm. just for double backup, yeah, like yeah. pictures, mostly pictures right. that are important. Okay, so yeah, that. so you're using an online backup. Your server is an online backup that you're using. Right, but I'll start using Google now and use their space instead of mine. That's right. I didn't know you got that for free. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But most people don't have their own server like like you and I do, you know, so they, they choose an online service. And they range anywhere from five or six dollars a month all the way up to like 30 depending on how much space you use mm-hmm. so but i'll put all this in the show notes and the two bright sparks one the sync back is free the more advanced one is about 30 dollars, and then there's also one called uh acronos true image and it's about 50 dollars. but it backs up all your microsoft user settings all your program settings and your registry you know how hard it is to set up Photoshop and Dreamweaver and Illustrator and if you're using audio programs, all the parameters that go into that, it saves all those settings. So you just hit a button and it puts them everything back where they're supposed to be. It's actually a pretty cool little program. So you're going to share all your settings with me on Cubase? Uh, no, no, those are secret. <laughs> I want to know the rock and talk secret Cubase settings. Yeah, it's, I get that cool whippy delay and that phasing effect. I want my voice to sound like Cher, not like Tanya. <laughs> uh, Cher actually uses a, a machine called the uh, the Antares uh, AutoTune, and it automatically pitches you up or down to be in the proper key. DVDs and CD backups are great because they're actually like snapshots in time. I do that. I, I back up on DVD once a month, and then I back up on my hard drive once a week, and then I synchronize almost daily. So that's my ritual. I'm never far behind from missing anything. And anything that I think is really important, I will back up, whether it's a week or not. I didn't realize DVDs had that much room on them. How much room is on the one? 4.7 gigs. Oh, that's quite a bit. Unless you have a dual-layer one, and then you could fit over 9 gigs of data. Mine's dual-layer, isn't it? Yes, you do. You have, Not that I know how to use it. You have a dual-layer, <laughs> um, so you have to buy a dual-layer disc. But you could fit oh, okay. over 9 gigs. And, wow. Uh, you could fit a lot of data on that. And it's a snapshot in time. And I date them, and I put them in a drawer. I have a dresser drawer. Actually, three dresser drawers filled with discs, backups from 1997 and on. One more question about the synchronizing. Yes. My email um, Outlook, can yes, I synchronize can. that from my goods? Exactly. Because that's driving me nuts. Yeah, I do that. I, I, I create calendar. You know, I got emails, I tasks and everything. So I sync it up, it puts it on my laptop, I take it with me, and then I make changes out in the field. I come back, 
because mostly calendar. I do a lot of calendar stuff. Then I hit sync, puts it all back on in proper order. Will it then sync up all my like address contacts and everything? And the last email that came in, I just have to. That program will do that then for me. Yes, it will. So if you add somebody to your contact list when you hit sync, it'll be on the computer when you get when after you sync it, and vice versa. You know where this is going. I have no idea. I sync. The show is done. Oh, yeah. There we go. <laughs> Don't quit your day job. No, I know. Okay. So that's the end of today's Rock and Talk. And thank you for joining us. Sure. I'll put, everything, you, I'll put everything in the show notes. Perfect. Okay. Bye, Miss Tanya. See ya. My minutes are my minutes, and if I don't use them, I want them back. Finally, a cell phone company that lets me use my minutes whenever I want. Welcome to Whenever Wireless. Unlimited nighted weekends, and you can save up your minutes to use them whenever you want. Like when my wife is out of town and I want to talk to my girlfriend. Or like that time my buddy got caught with a she-mail from behind the dumpster at 3 a.m. and I had to call the bail bondsman. Dude, you'll never believe what happened. Whenever Wireless. I like to call it my shh, the wife will never know plan. Why, 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 why? Join Carrie and Tanya, your hosts of WebWise. Welcome back to WebWise, and thanks Carrie Flatliff for co-hosting this feature with me, Tanya Sutherland. I thought it would be befitting after Lauren's last talk on how to write it right that we talk about a web why I thought of while listening to her talk. Why you should write more articles to market your VA business and some simple tips on how to do this. How's that sound, Carrie? That sounds like a good idea, Tanya. Article marketing is a really effective way to market your business, whether you're a VA business or any small business online. I used, I've been using article marketing right from the beginning, and I have to say it's brought me lots of clients. It's a good way to demonstrate your expertise and get your name out there. So I'll just jump right in with the first tip is once you've written your articles, submit them to e-zines e and newsletters online, so other newsletters, and article hubs for publishing. So a good one that I use all the time is ezinearticles.com. And it co usually costs nothing to submit your articles to those sites. The best sites are the ones that have human editors actually review the articles before they get posted. And then once your article's up on the site, along with your bio and a link back to your website, other people can go in and um, dig for subjects that they like. And if they see your article, maybe they'll put it in their newsletter, put it on their website, print it off, show it to other people. So it's a really good way to get your name out there. It doesn't cost anything at all. And it only takes you maybe an hour a month to submit your articles to the article sites. And we can post a couple of them in the show notes after this. Yeah, that would be a good idea. We'll post the top 10 we use possibly or something like that. Yeah. And uh, then we'll have some, you'll have a few places that you can start submitting your articles. And make sure you put your byline in there with your URL too, because yep. that is a good backlink for you. You want people to know who wrote it and where did you come from. Another thing you can do with your articles is archive your articles on your website as that creates content and all search engines love more content and people love more content and they'll come and read your articles and that's a really good thing for raising your traffic. You might even want to go to the extent of creating an article directory on your website like the one we did at vanetworking.com slash articles I think it is. The links will be on the vatalkshow.com but we have a whole article directory on virtual assistant articles only and people come to the site. It's a very well hit um, page because they can find any article they want on virtual assistants. So that's good for traffic. Mm -hmm. Content is everything. Another good way to boost your business with articles is once you've got, um, you know, three or four articles written, and if they're semi-related, you can combine them into one document 
and make it into a free download or special report for your website. And it's exactly. a really good incentive to get people to, to say sign up for your newsletter or send you an inquiry for a quote. Anytime you offer a free download or a special report or you can even call it a white paper, it's just a great incentive to get people to do the action that you want them to do when they're at your website. Yeah, and don't waste those articles. Like, do mm-hmm. what Carrie says. Put them in those free ebooks. Don't let them sit around. Put them to yeah. use. Repackage them. And just make sure you edit, you have someone proofread it and edit it, and then put it in PDF format. It looks a little bit more professional too. And it's universal because mm-hmm. anyone can read them. Then uh, another way articles improve your VA business is they will establish you as an expert in your niche. So if you're looking to promote yourself as a guru in uh, internet marketing or whatever it is, write as many articles as you can on that subject, and um, you will eventually become the the article guru in internet marketing or whatever your niche is. The final tip that we're going to give out here is to cross-promote with other people in your industry. So say you're a virtual assistant who specializes in writing and editing. You could cross-promote with another virtual assistant who does transcriptions or maybe something a little bit related to what you do, like copywriting. So you could allow other people in your industry to use your articles on their website as long as they provide your bio and a backlink to you. So you're branding yourself, you're reaching a wider audience, plus you're getting that added bonus of a backlink from a related website back to your website. And don't forget those newsletter swaps. It's the same thing. Yeah. Put your uh, your article in one of their uh, newsletters and theirs into yours, and you've opened up a whole new market to your articles again. Yeah, yeah, and people are always receptive to that. I mean, coming up with newsletter content, as we all know, is a big pressure for a lot of us every month. So, you know, if somebody comes along and has a great article that just happens to fit into my newsletter, great. You know, I'm more than receptive to that. So don't be afraid to go knocking on doors. People will often um, snatch up a, a good article for their newsletter. And speaking about people that know everything and anything about articles, Bonnie Jo Davis will be on a future show, so stay tuned. Uh, she is of www dot article submission sites dot com that link again will be in the talk show note but uh, she'll provide us all kinds of ways that articles can improve your VA business I want to thank you Carrie for joining me again today oh and, thank uh, you yeah we'll be back next week next week we're going to be talking about why people may not be coming to your website and how to attract more traffic to your website at little or no cost Exactly. The way I like it, little or no cost. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, until next week. See you then. See ya. Our first show was a huge success with over 250 downloads in just the first three days. I can't believe it. I received so many wonderful comments, kadoos, and emails that it really took me by surprise. I'm truly glad you have all enjoyed it so far, and I hope to bring to you many more episodes in the weeks to come. A big thank you to Paula Williams of Money Penny Assistance for being our VA industry spotlight this week. You can check out pics of her business rig and more at our show notes on www.vatalkshow.com. Thanks also to Lauren Hidden of the Hidden Helpers, who took us back in time to high school English class. And as always, a special thanks to my studio regulars, Brent Riley of PC Computer Help and Carrie Flatla of Snap Virtual Associates Inc. Our show wouldn't be complete if you two didn't share your online business knowledge with us. Thanks, you guys. As for me, I'm having a ball creating the VA talk show for you and hope this is just the beginning of many, 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 many more informational and entertaining netcasts for virtual achievers all over the world. You can download each netcast in MP3 format or listen to it through our streaming audio player at our website at www.vatalkshow.com. 
We also have an RSS feed if that works better for transmission of our shows to your computer screen. Show notes will be available on the website where you will find links, products, speaker bios, downloads, or whatever we've talked about on today's show. Also, check out www.vatalkshow.com to find out how you or your VA organization could be the VA industry spotlight in future episodes of the VA Talk Show, where VAs talk the walk. That's it for this week's show, and happy Administrative Day, everyone. Attention all listeners, this is your certified internet marketing specialist, Tanya Sutherland, letting you know we have safely arrived at our destination. Thank you for listening to us today and hope you plan to travel with us again in the near future. Thank you.